Hello and welcome to All Change Please, our podcast about leaving a big city behind and starting afresh somewhere new. We are Jane and Jean Anne, journalists and friends who enjoyed our own love affairs with London before settling down with less racy, more reliable locations. Jane to Bexley in Kent and Jean Anne to our hometown of Derry. Each episode, we'll speak to fellow city quitters about why they left, how they took the leap, and what their new life's been like. Because with searches for homes outside the capital surging, we know it's something a lot of you are considering too. So this week, we've got former X Factor star Lucy Spraggan talking about the many places she's lived, from Kent, where she grew up, to Cheshire, where she currently lives. Um, As for many of us, 2020 has been one hell of a year for Lucy. She's gone through a breakup, got sober, survived lockdown solo and got abs you could grate cheese on. (laughs) She was only 20 when she entered X Factor. Um, That was eight years ago. And she's gone on to have five top 30 albums. She's been a vocal campaigner as well for LGBTQ rights. And she had a big summer of festival bookings for 2020, which, of course, had to be cancelled. But she's back with a new album and a new single called Flowers and I'm looking forward to hearing about all the places she's lived as you said Jane um, both in the city and the countryside and finding out what she preferred and whether she'd ever move back to London. Yeah it'd be really interesting to see what she says. Uh, Shall we uh, dial her up now? Let's do it. Thank you for joining us Lucy. (laughs) Oh it just said your internet connection is unstable. I was like so am I. (laughs) Zoom, tapping into the mental health of the nation. (laughs) If you thought you were on the edge, try doing Zoom. (laughs) Well, we'll give it our best shot. I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) So thank you for joining us today, Lucy. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. So I remember back in the days, that dim, distant days of the X Factor, I live in Kent. So the whole of Kent was made to get behind you because you were born in Canterbury, I believe. Is that right? Yes, and both my parents live in Kent. Yeah, so uh, my dad lives in Ramsgate. But you moved from Canterbury at quite a young age up up north. How was that? Because there's all this rumoured north-south divide. I've never felt it myself, but were you accepted as a southerner up north? Well, my accent changed literally that summer. (laughs) I went from pronouncing my A's as bath and grass to grass and bath like I do now. Because I think if you're 11... You just you just go to whatever you into those what you're supposed to be. So my brother and sister both really have strong southern accents, and I don't. Yeah. So I think I was accepted, but I was only accepted because I mirrored the people (laughs) that surrounded me. Oh yeah, very clever. You're in um, you're in Cheshire now. Let's see, how long have you been in Chester for? Um, I've lived here about a year. I probably won't stick around here for too long. I never really do. So I'm thinking I'll move closer towards my sister soon in yeah. Macclesfield. You've lived in Canterbury, Derbyshire, Sheffield, London, Brighton, Manchester, Stockport and now Chester. Why have you moved around so much? <laughs> have you done a bloody credit check on me or something? Yeah, if you could just put your pen number in now, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've lived, in a, I've lived in a lot of different places. I think that move when I was 11 sort of took away my where are you from? Because it it changed. If you're 11, all you know is living in Canada, you move to somewhere else and someone says, where are you you from? You're like, I'm from here now. So to me, actually lockdown was the first time I've ever spent time in my house. Really? And I was like, I 
kind of feel like this is a home yeah because I tour yeah. I tour for like seven or eight months of the year wow. so I sat down here and like got used to my surroundings and I've really enjoyed it it's feel, it's felt really nice and you did lockdown solo didn't you so how did that mm. how was that was it nice was it lovely a respite from the world or was it did you get fed oh, up with I, yourself I feel like it's a bad thing to say but I had a really brilliant lockdown and it was like a a big journey and that's obviously because of the privilege that Mm. like you know where I live what I do but I kind of guess I have to own that and say Mm. yeah I had a good time um I applied for the NHS first responders like as soon as that came out because I've got a motorbike and I thought you know I can just zip in and out and deliver stuff but I live so rurally there was (laughs) never anything that came up but no it was good I enjoyed it yeah, I, don't, I don't think I think some people do feel ashamed by saying oh I had a good lockdown because there's so many of us that it was really hard for but I think for some people like you who don't spend a lot of time at home it just must have been a revelation it was like it, it was just time to go inward really I'm surrounded by people 24 7 mm. my marriage that's separated now was very very close mm. and we were with each other all the time mm. so it's a very different I learned a lot about myself and being alone not a bad lesson to learn is Which it is good and have you found yourself attract always attracted to sort of rural areas and not wanting to live in the centers or is it just been you've ended up somewhere just because of circumstance no I like living I like living on the edge of places mm. so I like I like my space and I don't really know why in this country there's so many areas you could live slightly remotely why we are all just so fucking close to each other (laughs) because as a nation we don't really have that vibe we're not like the rest of Europe where we're like everybody let's live together and share bread and share food and like you can come around my house for dinner we're like so true walk on my driveway (laughs) and that's who we are get off my land Yeah, that's my fucking bin. But Lucy, was it hard to go from, um, you know, being in a relationship and obviously a, a breakup and then lockdown when you're completely solo? That's a huge contrast. And to be somewhere rural as well, did that not make it more difficult than being in a big city? Well, I wasn't completely alone. So, um, I mean, not in a weird way. I have, there's a big community around. Well, not big community. Like I say, there's like seven houses around here in this rural area so and I have the dog and it's not it's there's a lot of zooming going on and so it's not really it didn't really feel like total isolation but I I ended my relationship so it was time Mm. for me to do that and for me to be alone so I don't think it could have come at a better time to be honest and you said you had your dog my dog saved me through lockdown it's just amazing isn't it they make you get out and about in nature and just wonderful yeah yeah I was running a lot as well during lockdown because I yeah. started running in January so I was just just running yeah yeah so I mean we've seen your obviously obvious body transformation which is amazing I've only started lifting weights this year never lifted them amazing. before so I've got a long way to go uh, but were you still That's working the thing you you haven't because you were there <laughs> you're already lifting the weights so you still lift the biscuits does that count <laughs> yeah why not 
Yeah, I've amazed myself by what I can lift because I am a, a self-confessed weakling, but I'm, I'm getting there. Um, but actually, it was lockdown that made me. My husband's into fitness and he's like, come on, lift some weights. My neighbours are PT and they were like, come on, let's lift weights. Did you still do your exercise when lockdown was was there? That brought strength and conditioning to the forefront. Yeah. It was, I went and bought some really useless weights off uh, <laughs> off Gumtree during, during lockdown yeah. because... I was getting injured running so much. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, I totally got a grip on nutrition and building muscle. And yeah, it's it's just been an amazing Brilliant. educational time. It's great. Like I don't, I I probably won't have any work for a year, like mm. from the beginning of lockdown to then. Yeah. So I've had to be like, oh, okay, I'm probably gonna try some different things mm. while I can't do my job so. yeah and tell us um fitness. your new single Lucy Flowers it's um it's all about celebrating your sexuality and um and desire and all the rest it's brilliant and I just wondered you know having lived in places like London and Manchester where of course they have really thriving LGBTQ plus communities and you know a really good social life is it harder as a as a gay woman living somewhere more remote I I don't know because I'm kind of, well, not kind of, I'm completely unashamedly my own person. So I don't ever live thinking, oh, are they treating me this way because I'm a lesbian? Mm. I like just kind of bowl through life as a <laughs> bull in a china shop and don't really care what anyone says. And like, I think being a woman, like actually, at, at, you know, you said about, my body has changed quite a lot and like I wear different clothes now because I'm more confident that I've noticed that men are not all men because like my best friends are guys my brother is a a legend like men have been fucking disgusting and if I'm with my girlfriend really it's not just then because she's super hot like she's really really hot uh and (laughs) it's not just them being discussed into her anymore it's like they'll they'll say something if I'm like shut the fuck up which I do if somebody like somebody mm. meowed at me twice in London oh the other day. I hate that I grab my face and I went get fucked and he went oh I didn't have a problem with you you fucking bitch and I was like come on then I was like oh. I, I like I really There's can't the, bear I've it your um, abs on Instagram you could definitely beat him in a fight <laughs> Well, I think they know that too as well when they <laughs> when they don't come back around. But that's the only thing, and that happens more in the big cities. Yeah. That's like, oh, I'm gonna make a comment about these women. They're gonna respond to me. I'm gonna call them dykes. Yeah. No, it's horrible. And isn't that's it? just gross, people. I know. And it's so it's gross. It still goes on in this day and age, isn't it? It's just. <laughs> I was talking about that today with my girlfriend because I was at the gym. And I looked in the mirror, I was lifting, this guy's just standing looking at my ass. We, ju- we were just saying it's so old-fashioned to not respect somebody. It, it just in a respectable atmosphere. Yeah. I'd go about my life, like, respecting people so in the hope that they will also respect yeah. me. Um, so going back to your lovely single, Flowers, which is so good, um, I read that you recorded in Scotland and you said it was inspired by journeys you took on your Harley across the desert. It feels like quite a bit of nature involved in there do you find like the great outdoors inspiring yeah absolutely I spent so much time outside um 
and it's it's like the people you come across if you throw yourself into a different area you meet a lot of different people out and about so it's like people and places are very inspiring to me yeah yeah that's great and what can we expect from the album well it's a kind of like diary of the last year for me so there's a song about being sober because I'm 13 or 14 months sober now done (laughs) um the song called roots which is about what we were just talking about it's the fact that I haven't really got any roots and this is the first time I've ever thought do you know what that's that's fine Mm. um and so it it, I get asked a lot about my relationships and sobriety and everything like that and basically I'm like wait till February the 16th and (laughs) just play the album and you'll know it all (laughs) yeah See, I wondered, like, when you know, after X Factor and uh, and um, the the success of that, and interestingly, your your first song on there, I think, was all about drinking and uh, drinking to excess, um, and you obviously went down a storm. But was there a sense of you know pressure to stay in London to really you know make a life of it there? Would it have been easier as a musician to live sort of in the heart of things? I got told that actually. I have a song called London Bound that's about that exact thing that my manager was like you need to live in London and I just know that's complete bollocks because I play in America twice a year playing Europe across Europe twice a year Switzerland um when I play in England we're on a tour bus so once you get past a certain level as of being a musician you don't need to be anywhere um and I'd say yeah if you're like up and coming you need to be somewhere where there are people who need to see you but as a musician I, I don't think so what about Louis Walsh? Do you still talk to him? I saw him <laughs> in an airport and I was all right, Louis. And then there was the, that's what they called the, the Rose of Trolley. Rose of Trolley, yes. Yeah, yeah. Irish institution. <laughs> yeah, she was in the queue speaking to Louis and we all had a picture. <laughs> Everybody wants a piece of him. <laughs> everyone Lucy I wondered um you were, we were talking about moving to to London and everything and you said that um lived so many different places and you'll probably not live in Chester forever where do you think would be next for you I'm gonna move to Macclesfield I hope to be closer to my sister because she's got two babies and my oh. the rest of my family live in Kent my brother lives in the Middle East so I wanted to build a sort of network around my sister so I think I'll be going there and hopefully I'll find some some roots there and do you enjoy auntie duties yeah yeah they're so my niece is super weird like the best she's quite a bit like me she's uh, (laughs) my sister just sends me videos of her sometimes just saying well this child (laughs) is you (laughs) Is she musical? Uh, well, I taught her how to sing flowers the other day. I go, I did, and no, she'd bring me, and she goes, flowers. Oh, that's so cute. So what do you think um, the future looks like being a musician in this new normal? It's not knowing, isn't it? I did a socially distant show on Friday and Saturday. That's just right. Gone. How was it? What? It was... Um, it was okay. The audience are quite far away, and like there are only there were only two hundred people there, which is when they're spaced out as well. It just it's very strange. But I was thinking, actually, as a musician who's played all kinds of venues, from empty, completely empty venues and pubs, <laughs> with literally no one in them, to I've played arenas, I've played three thousand caps headlines, and wow. to have done all the 
all of them I'm not really phased by anything like yeah. up until two years ago I was playing really shit bee festivals that no one really went to at two o'clock in the afternoon like but actually that has prepared me for for doing uncomfortable shows and I know a lot of musicians who wouldn't be able to to be honest yeah yeah you're right the plus side is I can go out there with just my guitar I, I don't normally play with just my guitar. I have a keys player or I have a six-piece band, but I can. And I think that's actually a really good thing that, you know, in this weird COVID world, kind of helps to have been somebody who plays to basically know. There's like seven people at my last show in New York. Oh, but this is seven. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm When I play a show somewhere and there's not many people there, I just think, well, I'm in this, this country doing what I love. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. And you, you have to start somewhere. Totally. And I think like, I think what you've hit the nail on the head, you're doing something that you love. So you never really take it for granted, regardless yeah. of the audience, you just get to do what you love. And that's been the principle of, the, of my career, actually, is like after I'd been on The X Factor, I didn't really like the fame thing and I didn't really like the celeb thing. And it all was a bit much. So I just went back to like playing small venues and I did tw- 200 cat venues and then I did 400 and then I did 800 and then 1,200, and then now, like, you know, last headline show in Manchester was to 3,500 people, so yeah. that's been the principle throughout. Yeah, and, But that's what they used to do, didn't they? And in it the, works. In the olden days, that's how, how musicians started out, and it's yeah, only because these talent shows that have come on and made people overnight, and I think we can see it's not always been very successful for, A, the person, it's mucked them up, and B, not always worked for their career. And I, and I think that that's that's the kind of artist who is going to struggle with mm. having to do shows to a, a matter of hundred people. I agree. I agree. And actually not getting a vibe from them. Yeah. Yeah. How that must be really just, weird. Because I wasn't really getting much from them at all, so I just kind of had to be like, I'm having a good time, so they're having a good time. <laughs> and yeah. God, I'd have been loving it. I have missed gigs so much, so I'd have been right Rah! at the front. <laughs> Lucy, I wondered what you would say, because um, there's so many people considering leaving big cities now, particularly after COVID. Um, what would you say to somebody contemplating the move as someone who's lived in both um, scenarios? I'd say there's a lovely hayloft just outside of Chester that's going to be for sale soon. So if you, <laughs> I would say it takes some adjusting. I have one, like last night, I was like, I really want to take away. And now there's one, there's one place. <laughs> that would deliver to to here. Um, it's good for your health like then, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and during lockdown, there was a local butcher who, wow. like, basically took on the role of like providing everything for everyone. And he just like was like, okay, now we sell all these things, and and now I, I don't go to supermarkets. I just go go to him. So love that sense of like looking after each other. Yeah. They get used to it. Takes a while, does it? Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that I don't drink because I like have to drive or take a bicycle everywhere, and I was never a good drunk bicycler. <laughs> I can't even ride a bicycle sober, so <laughs> maybe I could drive one drunk. I don't know. <laughs> so, you might be better. Yeah, you can so, get points on your license though for drive for riding a push bike. You can get points on your driving license. Yeah, yeah. So be careful. Yeah, do not do not ride a bike drunk, folks. So do you think you'll ever return to a city or this is the life for you now? I have, I have no idea because, like, there are things that happen in careers 
like mine that just changed things overnight. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't possibly say, but I'm not sure that I ever have ever wanted to know what's going to happen in the future. That's quite nice, which is good because none of us know what's happening at the moment. <laughs> no, it was only last year that I was like, ah, my career is a really nice place at the moment. So like nothing's really ever going to take me down. And then it's like, hey, guess what? Hey, here's a pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> How does that feel in terms of motivation and stuff, Lucy? If like you were saying, you're not going to have work you know, over the next year. What, what's that like in the morning to get up and think um, you don't have that structure? Well, I'm doing my level three personal training course. Wow. Um, I've started fully rewired. It is actually a coincidence that I have this on, <laughs> but that's my fitness plan. They're just really comfy tracksuits. <laughs> and I'm dedicated. I've always been the kind of person that like there's a straight road. And if a, a meteor falls here, I will just take another route I'm never gonna stop and cry I might stop and cry for a second and be like (laughs) but there's no point staying there and so for me while I have an album and you know it's not really the time to be writing new music so I'm focusing on the fitness and just trying to build another put my finger in another pie and build other things Right way of looking Before at it. Before you go, Lucy, that, that's a really lovely way to end. But I'd kick myself if I didn't ask you um, that I heard you're a keen angler. Yeah. Are you? No. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to have a chat about carp then. I know. I, maybe I was too enthusiastic there. But yeah. No, I just find it really interesting that, um, you know, rock star and angler, uh, <laughs> Lucy Spragan. How did you get into that? I've just always done it. I, I used it. to uh, go and fish near where I used to live and it was a private place so we would be we would be poaching had we been arrested <laughs> we would have poaching and and we used to fish for trout down there and there were these builders up on the bridge that would be like I'll give you a fiver for that fish and take them up and sell them the fish so illegal fishing to begin with but um I've got a lot of yeah weird weird hobbies that you wouldn't expect I've always think it's it, my son's always mentioned he'd like to do it and I always think there's something quite relaxing about it actually quite there is it a hundred percent it's like teaches you focus and patience really my analogy for it is fishing I look at my float all day long and I make sure I know what that float is doing and if my float moves I will know and I'll catch a fish however if I'm looking at somebody else's float all day I'll never catch any fish Mm -hmm. and I use that analogy in my life so I keep my eye on my prize and take the odd glance. I ask my friends if they're doing all right and if they're catching any fish, but always keep my focus on my things. Oh, I love that. Zen That's fishing. number one hit right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Lucy. It's lovely to speak to you. And you. Yeah. And um, enjoy Kent. I will probably yeah. be down soon to see my family. Good, good. It's my adopted county. I'm from Devon originally, but I've ended oh. up here because my husband's from around here. And actually, I will say... It is second to Devon, but I have become to love it. The seaside and countryside, and it's wonderful. So It is a beautiful place. <laughs> it the is. Garden of England. It is. Lots of, you know, great places to be outdoors. And, and I'm starting to wonder if you two are being sponsored by Visit Kent. <laughs> <laughs> if only. I think with Brexit, actually, they have no budget for no. any of that oh, yeah. at the moment. <laughs> 
I think like, we don't need any more traffic. Yeah. <laughs> come to Kent. Oh well, good luck with everything. And sorry yeah. if if you saw me doing that during it, my daughter just came in and watched <laughs> him, and there was like pottering about, and I was like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so apologies for that. Yeah, sorry about my internet connection. No, as well, but no. it was all the enjoy- things you were saying that were really important, and then that would cut out, and we'd be like. No, <laughs> I just do it on purpose. I just yeah. unplug my room. Oh, when I say adds something. to the suspense, definitely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. And, um, <laughs> yeah, lovely speaking oh, to you. So lovely to talk to you. Thank you. you. Thank Take you care. Good Bye. luck with everything. Bye. 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 Thanks so much to Lucy for such an interesting chat. Now, we've been asking you to get in touch with your own dilemmas, and we have a city quitting question this week from Eleanor. Here she is. Please leave your message after the tone. Hi, Jane and Jinan. Eleanor here. Um, So I'm currently living in London and hoping to move back to Dublin next year. And I would love your thoughts on how to manage the, the transition back, particularly when it comes to children. So I'm thinking uh, in particular of my three-year-old and how to manage the change with her. Um, You know, she's got some nice friends here. She's in nursery. And I think when we go back to Dublin, we may need to um, move twice uh, when we get back there. And I just I'm worried about uprooting her um, and all of that change and the impact that that would have on her. So I'd love your thoughts on how to manage it um, and how to make sure that it um, is a positive experience for her. Thanks. Thanks, Eleanor. That's a really great question. And actually, it's one that I think Jean Anne has got the insider track on because you had to go through that with your own kids, didn't you? I did, actually. Um, my daughter was three at the time as well. Um, and my wee boy was, he wasn't one yet, so was less worried about his um, his reaction to the change of scenery. But yeah, we moved from London back to Derry. Um, I think every child is different. You know, some are going to take to it like a duck to water and others might just take that wee bit longer to get used to their new environment. So I think just be open with her and, you know, be as honest as you can be to a three-year-old. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> a month or so or a month or two beforehand, start introducing the idea that you're moving so that she has a bit of time just to get her head around it. Good idea. Um, make it fun for her. You know, maybe she can pick something new out for her bedroom uh, in the new location and you talk or new cushions or whatever and you know be really positive about all the things you're going to get to do in your new location um one thing I did was I kept in touch with um my daughter's um little friends that she had from London I kept in touch with their parents on WhatsApp and um you know every so often they still send each other a little video message um via the parents um that's so cute which is it's really cute because they even at three it's amazing how much they remember they're Mm. like little sponges um that's another thing actually do talk about your life in London and you know from time Mm. to time and when you have moved because there, there probably will be things that she'll miss about it and she'll remember. And, you know, that's it's good to kind of chat it over. And, you know, I still talk about it with my daughter all the time, what we used to do. And, you know, going on the train to visit her grandparents and, and everything. She remembers it all really well. Um, that's great so again, advice. I'm just thinking about age wise. Um, you yeah. might be able to speak a bit more about this because your boy's a bit older. But if, if your daughter's three now, Eleanor, and you're moving next year, I think that means she won't be quite at school age yet in Ireland, um, which might make the transition that bit 
easier. I, don't know I you think, think, yeah, I think if you can go when they're younger, when my son was younger, we had a hankering to move back home to Devon. And uh, my husband tried to move with his job several times. It didn't happen. But when we got to a certain age, when he was about seven or eight, I just decided we had to knock the idea on the head. I think if your child's really flexible and you'll know if you've got a flexible child, you can do it at any age. Um, my son is autistic, so he doesn't like any change to his routine. We literally moved, and I kid you not, Jeannie, we moved about 10 doors down in the same street and it was so traumatic for him. And even now, nearly three years later, he still goes on about his old room and, you know, his old fireplace. But I agree, um, enhancing the positives of any move is a really good thing. So I will say to him, even now, when he says that, I'll be like, well, your bedroom's bigger, or we've got a bigger garden, or, you know, we can have nanny and granddad to stay now because we've got another bedroom. So I think mm. enhancing the positives are really good. But I actually think, Eleanor, this is the perfect age to go. Yes, she's got friends, but actually she hasn't started school. She'd be making a change anyway, wouldn't she, in a year or so in this country. Yeah. So it, it's probably a really good time to go. Um, they they do remember stuff, but they also forget really quickly. And if you make it really fun, the new place, <laughs> then <laughs> do it. Because I do think as they do get older, my son's put down roots like he played for football teams. He's got great friends. And I wouldn't mm. want to uproot him from that now. I'd feel really bad. And especially as next year going in secondary school, it's a no, no. Now we are stuck here at least until he's 18, I think. <laughs> um, well, thanks so much to Eleanor for that one. And thank you at home for joining us on All Change. Please, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. We have a brilliant rest of the season lined up for you and we'll be back in a fortnight's time with another great guest. You can also have a listen to some of our previous episodes too. Um, there's some great ones on there about burnout, being priced out and finding your forever home. Yes, and in the meantime, please review, subscribe and share this podcast if you've enjoyed it. It really helps us out. And we'd love to hear from you if you've got a city quitting dilemma you'd like us to discuss on the show. You'll find us on Twitter at allchangepod or you can email us at allchangepodcast at gmail.com. 